when we come to the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, there is a scene of what happens in heaven. If you've ever wondered, here's your answer. It says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. If you ever wonder what it's looked like on the other side, all kinds of people and all the angelic beings are going to be in one place worshiping God. That's what it's going to be like. Uh, God's going to gather up the people from Africa and Asia and America, the people all through the ages of every skin color, every nationality, whatever language. And there's going to be one place and we're going to worship Him and His Son who made it possible for us to be there. And the one thing that will tie us all together, that are those that are gathered at the throne, will be we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It will be what connects us all despite our skin color and our language, what century we lived in, what nation we lived in. God's going to gather all of His family together for all of eternity in his house uh, this summer I had a family reunion in Memphis Tennessee every uh, three years on my mother's side of the family we convene in Memphis Tennessee it's where the grandparents used to live and you know actually one of the things that occurs to me today mm, is uh, 30 years ago this week I lost my grandmother I remember it because it was two weeks after Hillary was born and um, just it kind of hit me as I was thinking about that and um, we um, I think this in this story is probably very similar to your story obviously my grandparents raised their kids five kids in Memphis Tennessee and uh, two of my aunts and uncles they lived in Memphis so that was a common place a natural place for us to congregate and I had a an aunt one of my mother's sisters raised her family in Georgia and then there's two of us that found it found to us to the promised land Texas <laughs> my mama came to Baylor University and took her first job in Midland Texas and met my father within a month and they married two months after that we would not advise it today but it worked out so when my grandparents were alive we would we would go I guess for holidays and special occasions and we would always go in the summer for about a week there were 20 of us grandkids so 
my grandparents had five kids and they averaged about four. We're actually, our family of three was on the low side. Um, and there were, there were 20 of us grandchildren. It was a great thing because there was always somebody your age. And in fact, in our school grade, those that were born in fall of 61 into the summer of 62, who ended up graduating high school in 1980, there were four of us. I mean, among the cousins. So there's this picture of the sisters and the sister-in-law, you know, expecting, I guess, I don't know, uh, at some stage there. There were four of us in the class of 80. And so uh, my grandmother, as I said, my grandfather died before that, but my grandmother died 30 years ago this week. And you know the story is kind of when the grandparents pass away, then uh, it's a little bit harder to get back home to Memphis. And so we didn't go for a, a good while. They uh, have to understand, I'm number 16 of 20. Uh, and so 18 years ago, about the time I was coming here, I remembered it was the first summer I was here, 1999, I uh, took it upon myself to begin to contact my cousins and said, no, we need to get together. <laughs> and I'm number 16 and I'm bossy and I'll just tell you what to do. And they just, they just let me. And I was actually the little runt. Uh, so we've done that every three years pretty much. And uh, 16 of the 20 uh, descendants of Frank and Zelma made it. Uh, I think there's 14 of us for this picker, picture. You know, you got Cousin Dickie and you got Clayton and Byron. Not that Byron, but Cousin Byron. And Janet Ruth from Mississippi and John who's a pastor in St. Louis. My sister Luann and Little, Little Rock and Laurie uh, Spencer Smithy now and... Uh, uh, you've got Julie and uh, Kathy and Sherry Gale, you know, uh, from the Dallas area. And then you got Grace and then Russell. And then I'm on the bottom and then Cousin Doug's from Atlanta, you know. So these are the people I was raised with and I got to see. And they would come from Georgia and South Carolina and Mississippi. And we'd, we'd convene in the summer and uh, some of the greatest memories that I have. And uh, so we've been doing that for about every three years. And... We're always blessed, and uh, even though, like I said, my grandmother's been gone for now 30 years, and uh, we've lost aunts and uncles, and it's it's kind of dwindling down, quite honestly, to our generation. Uh, we used to make it the practice in our family reunions that uh, we would go to Union Avenue Baptist Church on the Sunday, because that's where we went with our grandparents when we were in town. We never had to ask the question when we were there, are we going to church today? Frank and Zelma were getting up. We were eating breakfast and Paul Roberts was going to church. And he, he was a very important man. He got to sit on the front row because he took up the offering. So I know my grandfather was a very important man in that church, you know. That was my impression. And we all sat and all the little old ladies and men, they would come up to us. and Oh, I know you're one of the grandkids. Now tell me who your mama is, you know. And so we... I mean, there were 20 of us. So, you know, there was always a lot that were there. And we would go to church. Um, we kind of moved the reunion out east Memphis uh, as we, it continued. And that's where my cousins lived and my aunts and uncles. And so what we started doing is on the Sunday morning. I know I'm just kind of carrying on. Yes. Yeah, we want, where is this going? I'm about to close in prayer. As we remember Zelma Roberts' life. 30 years later. No. 
they give me about 40 minutes. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get there. Um, but we started at the hotel we would stay in. We would convene in the little meeting room and we would have church. You have to understand there's seven or eight ministers among the grandkids and those they married. There's, there's always a preacher in the house. And so we kind of divvied it up through the years. And this year it got down to me. Mm. And I talked about our spiritual heritage we had as a family. Which some of my cousins needed to hear, quite honestly. <laughs> Let's just be honest. We don't even have time to go there. No. But did, didn't I tell you, families come in all sorts. Amen? Amen. Yeah, there we go. I got you know, right back in here. Um, all kinds. And uh, Amy played the keyboard and we did some music. We always close the family reunion with one song. I don't know if you know this song or not. Blessed be the tie that binds anybody. Is there a witness? Brother Steve, can we just flash the words up there for blessed be the tie that binds? We always sing it a cappella at the family reunion. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. So every time I send out my email, when I sign, before I put my name, I put the little phrase, blessed be the tie that binds. That's the way I always close my emails when I'm telling the family where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing. And if everybody just does what they're told, nobody gets hurt. That's the way I... Um, we also... So it's always a blessing for our my mother's side of the family to together. We also... A year ago this weekend, we gathered in Wichita Falls, and I think I have a picture. Uh, my parents, my mother's birthday is today. Mm. My daddy's birthday was yesterday, 86 and 82. My mom was younger than my daddy, all right? Uh, oh, I don't have time to cry this morning, but we knew their birthdays last year was going to be the last time we were going to convene in Wichita Falls because there were plans and they're now in, in Little Rock life was changing but this was and I, seven of the ten grandkids and oh maybe five of the spouses are there uh, you notice we weren't planning on taking a picture because we weren't really dressed for it it's just kind of like hey stand and we're going to take the picture and that was the last time we all convened in Wichita Falls and obviously a lot of memories there this summer McCracken this summer uh, kind of the same story on Amy's side of the family you can show your family pictures next Sunday if you're the preacher alright <clears throat> obviously cousin cousin Jim and brother Jeff and Susan and Janice you know Dallas and Lubbock we kind of same thing kind of on the McCracken side of the family when Amy's parents passed away we didn't we didn't really get together as much as we did and so several years ago we started and this year it was simpler just to have the siblings get together the grandchildren our children caused such a stink that next summer they will be included again you know <clears throat> Hannah <clears throat> one of the baby cousins but uh, she'll be running it someday and we'll just be doing what we're told and nobody will get hurt uh, but always a blessed time we had the opportunity last summer then uh, 
Brother Jim's son, Michael, is the pastor of a church there in San Antonio. And so we were one of the highlights of that trip. Uh, was being able to go to my, my nephew Michael's church and just worship with them and work for us to worship uh, together. Uh, so we always make a point on Amy's side of the family now, at least once a year, we're going to get together. Well, as far as family reunions go, the Daryl Smith family's getting to be quite a clan now. We're up to 12 of us. Do we have the slideshow for Hudson? That I, the 10-minute slideshow with the music? <laughs> We're going to stay behind. Anybody that would like to stay after the service, we do have a special 10 to maybe 15-minute slideshow of Hudson and his different poses and looks and those kind of things. And, uh, but uh, it is. We, of course, two years ago we added two daughters and two sons, and now we've got a granddaughter and a grandson and you can't really see Hudson in that picture, but anyhow, he's, yeah, he's right there with Madison. Um, but you know, one of the things, we, the kids were coming in, and we actually have enough beds among us that live in town that everybody could have slept at each other's house. <clears throat> but there was a certain lady that I married <clears throat> about 32 years ago who said, looked at me. I know it's hard for y'all to think about this, the sweet little piano playing pastor's wife. And she said, I want everybody under one roof. Hmm. I said, boy, that's going to be a lot of people sleeping on the floor at my house. No. And so I said, what did I say, Josh Lester? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'll make it happen. And so we, we rented a house, even though we have three or four houses here locally. We rented a house at the lake so that we could all be under one roof for those three to four, 12 or 13 days it was. I don't know. It was a long time at the end. No, I'm joking. Uh, and obviously for us, for me as a pastor, to be able to have my kids and all come that Christmas morning and to worship here, one of the highlights for me to have everybody together. Hmm. I tell you all of that to tell you that families gather together. That's what families do. They gather together in one place to be together and to share our lives. Jesus talked about the community of his followers being a family. There's a story told in it. Matthew's gospel records it this way. He says, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. So apparently the house is so packed with those who have come to listen to Jesus. There's no room, but his mother and his brothers come. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Uh, for us as a church, 
not only do we believe that our mission is to make disciples, but we also believe that disciples are made within a community. And we choose to describe that community as a family. And we believe the starting point of the process of making disciples is for the family to gather together. Jesus spoke then in this story of those who were his followers as being a family. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? Because of the bond that we have in Jesus Christ, there can be a deeper bond among Christian brothers and sisters than among your biological family. Hmm. It is the tie that binds our experience. In fact, surely this is one of the reasons, this very story of why in the Christian church we were referred to as brothers and sisters because Jesus said, you're family. Jesus taught that the family was together together. That's what families do. I mean, it's, it's interesting. In, in Matthew 18, 20, and it's a verse you know, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There's several significant things. Jesus said, even if the numbers are two or three, I'm still going to be there. But it's interesting because this phrase that Jesus uses first when he says are gathered together. Actually, in the original language, that's all one word, gathered together. Interestingly enough, it is the word that is transliterated into uh, the word that we use in English, synagogue. It means to come with or to come together. The synagogue was the place in Judaism that they came together and when the Greeks affixed a name to it, they said the synagogue where they assemble, where they, where they gather together. Jesus said where two or three are gathered together in my name who are Christian brothers and sisters, Jesus said, I am there in the midst of them. Don't we realize that Jesus is with us always? Yeah. So when I go out wherever by myself, is Jesus with me? Yeah, he's with me. But Jesus said, when the family comes together in my name, I'm going to be there in a special way. Hmm. That's rather interesting. I was maybe going to say this later, but I'll say it now. You know, the reality is with technology today, television, Internet, you could listen to better preachers than me on Sunday morning. That's, this is not the time to say amen. Now, David Shaw, don't be nodding your head like a bunch of them. I don't know. He's, he's in there naming them, listening to them. All. No, there's a lot of better preachers. I mean, if you just wanted the best preaching this morning, oh, let's just be honest, you should have stayed home. 
I don't mean to throw Shane and the music team under the bus, but, you know, we could, we could put on a video of Hillsong live. The Gaithers live. Oh, and you, many people would say, well, that's better worship than we're going to have at our church. But let me tell you, one thing the Bible teaches us is we're, we are family. And the people on that video are not your family in that sense. And you don't live with them. It's kind of like eating at the house. You can turn on the TV and watch those cooking shows, which we do. And they, you can see those meals prepared. And you could probably order those meals. I don't know. But when we gather together, it's like home cooking. No, this meal was made for you. There is no other pastor in America who is going to deliver this message for you this morning. But I live with you. I've been here for almost 18 years. This sermon, this message, this experience has been customized, personalized for you because you are my family. And Brother Shane would say the same thing. There is something significant when we come to this place because we are family and There is some sense in which Jesus said, no, when you gather, I'm going to be there in a special way. Do you understand? Here's the reality. I can encounter God. You can encounter God in the week anywhere you want to go. But there, what Jesus was saying, when you get together with your family, your local family and your local church... I'm going to be there in a special way. You are going to encounter me and experience me in a way that you cannot, listen to me people, by yourself. That's what Jesus says. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst of them. We see in the early church that they gathered into one place. In Acts 2, 1, when the, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Jesus had started with 12. We know from Acts chapter 1 that they had grown to 120. Now that day they're going to grow to 3,000. But anyhow, at this point, I don't know what kind of room that was. But I know it was the upper room, it says. And it was the room where... Jesus and the twelve had assembled for the Passover meal. I don't think it was a room designed for 120, but there was this sense, now we all getting in the room together. And what God did there on the day of Pentecost, yeah, He could have done. They could have been in their homes and scattered across Jerusalem and across that part of Palestine. Now Jesus said, I want you all together. And they had stayed there for ten days in one accord, as we talked about last week. And when the Spirit of God comes on the day of Pentecost, they are all in one place and they all experience God and His power together as a family. Later that day, and in the days to follow, Luke records in Acts 2.46, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple... And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So he says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Do you know why they had to meet in the temple? Because the verses before this says, when Peter preached that day of the Pente- on Pentecost after the Spirit had come, that 3,000 people were added to the church. Well, where are you going to congregate? Hmm, I don't know. There's some public space in the temple courtyards. We will go there. It was natural because they were Jews and that's where they worshiped God. And so the Christian community, we know from Luke that they were meeting daily in the temple together in one space. Um... When we come, but just think about this. I think I've maybe even said this last week. (laughs) Y'all realize architecturally, some people may look at the church and say, why do y'all have a room (laughs) that y'all meet in once a week? We're in this room for an hour and a half. I know Wednesday night the kids come in here. We have a room... For this express purpose that we might all come into one place and worship God together. We might gather together even if it is only one time a week. You know, families get together for special occasions. But part of the point of telling my stories of my different family reunions is families also get together on a regular basis. I understand there's birthdays and there's holidays and there's those kind of things. And really Jesus taught... And the scriptures teach that we are together on a weekly basis in what the Bible calls the Lord's Day. It was the resurrection day. Hmm. There is something very significant that happens to us here. We have a common bond of our experience of being redeemed, which makes us family members. But this is a place that we not only connect with each other, but we also encounter God together there's something very significant it is an experience that binds us together one of the things that we realize is that we must deepen our relationships among each other that's part of the goal of together 2017 unified in purpose and in life we know that our relationships of us, family, must be deepened in this place. Um, We're working on that. I encourage you to work on that. Uh, We want there to be a greater connectedness among us. Um, Worship cannot just be a spectator time where you come and you sit and you observe and you leave. No, there needs to be a connectedness with those that you worship with. But there also must be an encounter with God. Families gather together. Our Christian family gathers in this room once a week. And it's very significant for who we are as a church. Uh, What you bring to this hour hour and a half 
is very important as a family member. You've got to, you've got to think I'm not a spectator here. Yes, I, must, I am here to connect with other people. I'm here to connect with God. What you bring... The only thing I can think of is bringing the covered dish to the family reunion. But anyhow, that's probably not a good illustration. <laughs> you know, what is your offering that you're going to bring? Your, your level of participation, involvement, engagement in this time is very significant for us as a family. And somehow we have to make sure that we don't have this mindset that I come and kind of watch the show and hope Brother Daryl doesn't go too long and we just kind of get through with our little church thing and we sit in our pews and we all face forward and we kind of get out of here. No, there has to be a sense that this is, this is prime time. For me to connect with my family members, but it's also a time for me to encounter God and to encounter God with my family, which is even more significant than me encountering God by myself. I would encourage you that you bring your very best to this time in your engagement, in your participation. In your involvement. Because for us as a family, it is prime time. The families gathered in one space so that they could gather together and experience God together. Gathering was the pattern of the early church. Acts 14, 27, it says, Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that He had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. And so this is in the midst of the missionary journeys of Paul and Barnabas. They come back to the church and the church gathers together to hear them report of what God has done. It's the same word. I, I didn't really say that. That word that I said was transliterated into synagogue. That's what I traced this week. I went, boom, oh, there's the word. wonder how many other times that's used in the New Testament. It's like, bing, 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 bing. They gathered together. They synagogued. It's not a verb. It's the same word. But the church also got together on a regular basis in Acts 27, it says, Now on the first day of the week, Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Okay. There's another 12 o'clock that they expected the preacher to be done by. <clears throat> but they came together and they broke bread. Not only, I think, a double meaning of not only did they eat together, to show that connectedness, but they also broke the bread as we did in the Lord's Supper on January 1st to say we come from one loaf. And what ties us all together is our experience that we've had with Jesus Christ. And so the church, the pattern in the New Testament was that they gathered for special occasions, but they also gathered on a regular basis. The basic commitment of the family must be to gather together. It's what families do. 
I want to close with the one verse that just captures all of this. And it's a verse that you know. Hebrews 10.25. And one of the things that strikes me about Hebrews 10.25 is that Hebrews would have been written later in the first century. And so what I've read to you about from the book of Acts is in those early days. And now a couple decades have passed. And inspired scripture, the writer of Hebrews says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Do you know what the word assembling and together, do you know what Greek word that is? It's synagogue. It's that same word, together, together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We are a family, and families gather together. In the process of making disciples, it is the starting point. But it is so basic that it is not a point that we can skip or go beyond. I wanted to impress upon you today that this time is very important for us as a family every week. We want you to be committed to this time. The family's going to get together every Sunday. It's like meeting at grandma's house for lunch. No, this is what we do. Yeah, for my Robert's side of the family, it may be every three years, and for the McCrackens or the Smiths, it may be once a year. For my kids, it may be two or three times a year now. But for us as a Christian family in Huntington, Texas, if you're here this morning, quite honestly, most of you got to be 98% of you. No, this is, your, this is your church family. You've made a commitment here. This is, this is my family. There's all kinds of family members out there. Hmm. Don't, don't like rubberneck right now and look around. But you can, you, no, there's all kinds of people here this morning. We come from all kinds of stages of life and background and all kinds of people. But isn't it interesting that someday when we all pass from this life and we get to the other side, that's exactly what's going to be taking place for all of eternity. God's going to get His family in one place and they're going to worship Him for all of eternity. Families gather together. I want you to commit yourself as a starting point of making disciples who are made within a community, within a family, that you not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Brother Shane. Our customized, personalized worship team within the family that's here for us every week that we love and appreciate. They prepare this for us, just for us, just for this time. We're going to sing. The altar is open. Byron and I will be at the front. Uh, if you want to come to the altar and kneel and pray, uh, pray for a community, for somebody in need, the altar is open. Uh, Byron and I are here.